delay this podcast for as long as what we have. It's been a long, long time. time, hasn't it? It's been way a lot has over happened. a month. So we've got a new, what has new head of parliament. Yeah. Uh, by which then the head of state authorised said head of parliament to prorogue parliament. Um, so we're stepping this. in. I blame we're, we're, we're discussing the uh, most pressing issues in Britain at the moment. Yeah, which is... What's on the docket? Oh, we've gone down the fucking... We've gone down the pan, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. Unbelievable. And I'd say that this, the lack of content is probably a contribution to that as well. Well, we've... Um, actually, we haven't been that busy. That is my cat in the background. I fucking have. Where is he? Oi. Shut up. Just, just take him out of the pot. <laughs> just turn it off the boil. Uh, no, nothing has been going on. Like we've had ideas of topics to cover, but we haven't, we haven't got around to it. Actually, saying that, I have done a fair amount of research for the topic that we were planning on doing this, but we have we have to do this one now. It's an emergency. Because yeah, it's an emergency. So it's been how many years in the making? Sixteen. Thirteen. Years? Thirteen years 13. in the making. Exactly. Yeah. See if you can guess what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, we also use the Fibonacci sequence, but we use that to work out how many how many weeks of breaks we take <laughs> in between these podcasts. So. How many times do we have to message each other on a daily basis before we get a response? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a wedding. I, I went to, I was best man at a wedding and I cried at my own speech. Really? Yeah. We'd all like to do our own reviews. I know, we? I welled up at the end. What kind of topics did you cover? Was it uh, lads on love? Oh, really? Patience. Um, <laughs> so, like this podcast, buffets. Yeah. No, I actually called. <laughs> she started talking about my mum's breasts at some point. Your mum's breasts. Yeah. Okay. Because she just prior. Do you want to talk about your mum's breasts right no. now? No, 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 no. Not again. No, not like this. <laughs> yeah, not again. I mean, I already just told you. Uh, prior to this. <laughs> so, uh, no. I showed but, you pictures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so I had a wedding and other than that, everything has been fucking terrible. Yeah, well, I've, I've, um, I've become a new man, a spiritual man, if you will, because now I'm doing oh, yeah. my, um... You're doing TM. I am doing my transcendental meditation, so, uh... Isn't I've this gotten... the day for it, for you? Uh, well, you do it every day. Oh, okay. You do it twice a day. Twice? Yeah, I haven't done it today yet. It's really difficult to fit your, um... Spaffing to fit your schedule in. around, yeah. <laughs> to fit your spaffing in. Yeah. Uh, well, that, like, I mean, because I've been thinking about doing it for ages because I don't drink or smoke. So I was like, well, I've got to get my kicks elsewhere. And um, it's quite an expensive course. So my my partner is quite gullible and ended up buying me, <laughs> ended up buying me a course. And, uh, yeah, that, that snake oil salesman, was uh, she was happy to... Yeah. She was happy to pay out in droves. Is that where you got the free little the capsule CBD, of CBD? CBD. Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it's interesting. I haven't quite seen God yet, but... Has anyone? Mm-mm. Well, I had a <laughs> lot of like... That's Debatable. the thing is, is, is that it was a bit like, I'm not allowed to give away anything because obviously then no one's going to pay up front for, uh, for the oh, course anyway. Right, okay. um, but the, the, to be honest, the first day I did it, I was like, I've never felt better than really? I feel right, right now. And I am the biggest sceptic when it comes to anything yeah. like that. And um, 
it was fine for the first couple of days, and then on the last day is when they get you with all the um, spiritual stuff. The Scientology. Uh, yeah, it yeah. was proper. Like, and I was like, just you know, just tell me how to um, take away my false sense of euphoria. Yeah, just tell me how to close my eyes and think about nice stuff, or not think. Yeah. At all. Did they? Did they? Did they instruct you to consume the CBD prior? There was to- no CBD yeah. oil. <laughs> that was that was my own. That was my own um, undoing when I yeah. walked into a Holland Barrett looking for that vegan protein and then went, oh, CBD oil. Yeah, discount. <laughs> it's on the penny sale. <laughs> okay, oh. let's let's talk about, I mean, uh, too, yeah. much, well, too much has happened. Welcome back, ah, yeah. everyone, to the X and Ferris podcast. The podcast all about heavy metal. My name is Matthew. I'll be your host. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Tom Watson. Yeah. We managed to get back together. We're getting the band back together. It's yeah. a shit business. Reluctantly. Yeah. Yeah. Still questioning exactly why we're doing this. Uh, still questioning how to close off every episode. Yeah. Uh, still questioning whether we should be investing money uh, into people listening to it. As in you may pay that advertising. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. we're definitely not targeting it to the right demographic. No. Like, well, like our we, parents. We, we, uh, <laughs> we, we went over the uh, 1,000 listen mark the other day, so I was quite happy with that, considering we are a podcast that do absolutely no promotion. Yeah whatsoever it's just word of mouth we it's celebrated people want to share yeah it's a shared experience we celebrate like by, by by not uh talking to each other yeah. and not celebrating it at all yeah. not being aware that it happened and this is something that is built on communication anyway so obviously we're not doing our job in any regard <laughs> it's like my dad around new year's uh he my parents didn't go out. My, I think my mum told me this story, so it was very biased on the side of my mum being in the right, my dad in the wrong. My dad was just lying down on the floor, not drunk, he was just watching television, something, whatever, on television. Uh, and my mum was sort of just <laughs> sitting behind him, like arms crossed, really bored and pissed off. And then at about quarter to one, he sort of just looks around, turns around and goes, oh, Still Happy here. New Year. <laughs> <laughs> and then just turns around again. That is the relationship that my parents have. It's beautiful. It's washed. It's, yeah, rubbed off on you quite brilliantly. I am I am such a tentative lover. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's, let's talk about some new stuff. We can't really cover everything We've that's happened. We've got so much the, news that's happened since. Um, so much that we're just going to have to touch on one or two of the things. We are yeah. on a deadline. Yeah, so... Tony Iommi says that apparently everyone's purchase with tickets for the end tour is pretty much null and void because pff, fuck it, if yeah, they want to get back together, yeah. they want to get back together. With the with the full original lineup, though? No, he hasn't been specific about that. He's just said, if the money's right. No, not Yeah, but I think they have been vocal about how they prefer... I know that Ozzy has been. Yeah. I don't know about... Tony, I don't know who is uh, writing up these contracts, but I know that they weren't particularly in favour of Mr. Mr. Ward, which okay. is a bit of a shame. I mean, who was it? Who was drumming for them anyway? For a while, it was a dude from Rage Against Machine, um, <laughs> and then it was just some some pretty guy, like some pretty yeah. pretty boy. He was yeah, he was easy on the eyes, no. better, better than Ozzy. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean. That's that's fine if they do. I, the, yeah. the thing is, it's it's just for the paycheck. Like it's yeah. not going to be the Black Sabbath as you know it. No. Uh, I watched the 
the end live video that they did of yeah. one of their shows. And it just, it was too, too glitzy. Like there was a lot of pomp around I want them it. playing in a little shithead, shithole pub in... In uh, fucking Birmingham. Yeah, in Birmingham. Yeah. That would have been a beautiful sign off. But no, it had to be in the dive. Um, did you hear about Iron Maiden? I did not hear about Iron Maiden. Okay, so uh, Bruce Dickinson had to, I think, stop a performance. And have you seen the Iron Maiden performances as of late? Because they've always I been a spectacle. I saw them at Reading. I saw them, I saw them on the year that they did the first four albums. Yeah. It I mean, it, it's, a, it's a real fucking spectacle. Yeah. Right now. A lot's going into that. <laughs> like, a lot. Yeah. Like, to the point where they're going to need a fucking hanger, one of Bruce's hangers afterwards, <laughs> just to store all the shitting props and uniform, like, outfits that he's got. Surely we should be seeing, they, they're around this area, aren't they? Yeah. Or they used, yeah. to, they, they used to live. I know that they met Paul Diano in the Red Line. Oh, did Which they? is a pub that I used to work in. Yeah. So. They never saw them. No. No, never saw them. Um, jet setters. Mm. Pro- the problem with jet setters. Uh, so... Haven't, hasn't some of our friends flown with Bruce Dickinson? Oh, yeah. They flew to Iceland with him. Yeah. I can't remember who they <laughs> were. I, I, I do know that you're not lying. About that. Thank you. Um, sorry, I'm just pouring some some coffee. It's not dark arts. No, it's, um, uh, brand so Bruce X. Dickinson had to stop a uh, a performance midway. Like, uh, where were they? They were in like oh, in Tacoma, uh, which is in Washington. Um, the singer witnessed venue security at the Tacoma Dome punch a fan in the head. Jesus, multiple times. That's just called crowd killing. Uh, I know, right? Yeah. Um, so he he stopped and then he had to say, we've got an Iron Maiden fan backstage who's had the shit kicked out of him by 10 security guards. I saw one security guard lean over the barrier and punch a kid half his size in the face four times. Um, this is not the fucking mixed martial arts. If it was mixed martial arts, you'd have a referee, you know? Uh, <laughs> this is not that. I hope this kid takes this building to the fucking cleaners, which I, is quite a bold statement considering all the other kids that are there are probably like, oh, don't don't take the dome away. Yeah. <laughs> don't take the dome away, man. It reminds uh, me, did you, I, ever see, did you ever see the video of Bruce? Um, it was like two years ago they were performing and Bruce Dickinson was getting like progressively pissy. Older. Pissy <laughs> with someone in the audience that was just on his phone throughout the whole thing. Would uh, there's been a, a spate of people getting pissed off with people on their phones? What was the I totally other one? Get it. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I mean, I took a video, a sly video, the other day because I went to go see a band called um, Limp Wrist, and I was like, I do just want to take a really quick one, but I was incredibly aware of people yeah. looking at me I taking a video it. on my iPhone. I can't do it. I have no problem with people like taking like a 30 second kind of clip, but when it's the entire yeah. show, it's, yeah. yeah. It's, it is. With their fucking shoulder cam. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, do it from the side. Don't stand directly yeah. in the God, middle. God, it's a nightmare. Or if you're going to do it in the middle, do it from the back. But Just, it's show etiquette, which yeah. we talk about a lot. Like, yeah, just don't fucking... Do it. And all you tall motherfuckers, get them back. <laughs> Fucking hell. I remember I was I was trying to think about it the other day. Like, back in the day when you used to be able to smoke in yeah. venues and people used to run into the pit with, like, lit cigarettes. Oh, God. And it was the most terrifying thing on the planet. Um, like, yeah, who did I go see? Oh, Dillinger Escape Plan at the Forum, which actually was the day that um, 
Dimebag got shot in the face. Oh, I shit. remember that distinctively. Um, yeah, and it, I think it was, who was it? It was Poison the Well, Ethel Duaf, and uh, and Dillinger Escape Plan. And yeah, it was still the point in which you could still smoke inside. And it was, yeah, you could just see these like, they're almost like those firefly bug things mm. just like whipping around. <laughs> like everyone was windmilling. I don't know how they managed to keep them alight, to be honest. But. Yeah. Or why they would... <sighs> that was what was running through yeah. my 14-year-old head at that time. The stinkiness of yeah. people. <laughs> like, the stinkiness of yourself coming home as well. But that would have been during the time that we would have been smokers as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. But there's 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 etiquette, as you said. Yeah. Like, there's not being an yeah. arsehole at the show and just don't smoke inside. Also, it's fucking horrible. When everyone was <laughs> complaining about, like, smoking ban, ban and in inverted commas... I prefer smoking outside. Like yeah. I don't smoke now, but if yeah. I was to smoke, because it's my excuse to get out of awkward conversation as well. So yeah, and they said it was going to be the death of hospitality and pubs. No, that's bollocks. Which was literally like the worst assumption that they could have made. Yeah, about it because pubs are reopening now. Yeah, yeah, they have the cricketers and Ipswich is going from strength to strength. So. <laughs> Shout out to Brad Wells. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's never going to hear this <laughs> no, it, neither are we um, yeah there, I mean there's a lot of new stuff that, do, you, do you want to touch on any more uh, just did you know that um, Slayer have a film coming out yeah the, they're doing like this, a short film <laughs> this farewell a bit like Black Sabbath is it's pretty extended well, another bit of news is apparently Gene Simmons has cancelled a um, upcoming show for the Kiss tour, which I didn't realise. It's their farewell tour. They've already done a farewell tour before in like two thousand, but they're now doing another one, which began at the start of last year, I think, and doesn't finish until the end of next year, right. which is insane. I think Slayer like how many... are very similar. Yeah, I know right. they they they've done all their touring in the UK now. I think, but they've got new music. Yeah, out for the for the film, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this. I mean, they've got a couple of names behind this. It's not, you know, some kind of tawdry affair. They got like Danny Trujillo, but I mean, he'll do anything. Right? Yeah. Um, Fucking get Fred Durstin. Like, yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but who else is in it? Like guys from people from Banner Brothers, Orange Is the New Black, The Devil's Reject. Oh, well, 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 Use that as a um, indication of quality. What devil's reject? Yeah, um, that's all right though. No, I actually only I think watched we it should once. do a uh, filmography of Rob Zombie. Zombie at some point. Yeah, oh God, he's got a new album coming out has next he? year. Does anyone care? But a lot of people seem to be talking <laughs> about it. I don't know. But yeah, so apparently this the narrative uh, follows May character called Wyatt, a former neo-Nazi uh, associated with a gang known as the Hand of No, the Hand Brotherhood, whose signature mark was a bloody handprint left at a murder that had taken place uh, prior to the first music video. Wyatt had left the gang after he fell in love with Gina. Uh, the two had gone into hiding. Uh, to escape his grisly, grisly past and start a family, but the hand, of bro- uh, the hand brotherhood aren't going to let that go. So, are they on the? So, are they on the side of the neo-Nazis or the? Um, no, the- I think that's a major. That is almost like mirroring the plot of this new movie that's come out called Skin. Yeah, which is about a neo-Nazi that leaves 
his brotherhood because he finds a girl. Yeah. And who he is, wants to settle down. Who is that in the title role? Uh, Billy Elliot. Yeah, that's who yeah, <laughs> I was trying to remember, actually. Um, yeah. I mean, but this isn't the first time that Slayer have been, have, or at least had their music used in a uh, film. As I found out last night, because I rewatched uh, Gremlins, The New Badge. Oh. And they use uh, great. Angel of Death in it. It's a great fucking film. Have you seen it recently? Have you Not seen recently. it? Of course I've seen it, yeah. yeah. That talking one. He's, he's great. Well, brilliant. brains. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking brilliant. Um, and very quickly, I just want to uh, mention something that happened last month about um, our uh, our good fa- uh, fan fra- fan. He's definitely not a fan. A good friend uh, in Behemoth, um, Nurgle. Oh, what's he up to now? Uh, Apart from hot yoga, he got kicked out of a YMCA for wearing a Dark Throne uh, cut off. Yeah. And not believing in Jesus. Okay. Yeah. And then I think it, from the video that he posted, he then got into the Uber that drove him there. And he already befriended the uh, the Christian uh, Uber driver. Uber driver yeah. And was just like, you're not going to believe it. I'm back. Guess what yeah. happened? And he's like, what? And he's like, <laughs> I just got kicked out because um, I believe in Odin. And he was the the Christian. He got kicked out of that. He had to barrel roll as they were moving. <laughs> yeah, and then he uh, he was like, Talk "Are you legs. are you Christian?" To the driver, and he was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Okay, well, I'm not." Uh, but I got kicked out, and he was like, "I can't believe that." Did he take an extended Instagram video with yeah. this person? Yeah, he fucking loves it, doesn't he? He's he all does. over he's the a bit social, of a, uh, social butterfly, isn't he? Isn't he? Yeah, it's because he's so attractive. He is, and he's gotten a lot better recently. Like, if anything. Yeah. That form of cancer that he had. <laughs> yeah. But what that goes to show is just don't fuck with a man's workout routine. You're going to be... I am, yeah. Don't talk to him. If he's if he's in between a fucking a leg curl, just, just leave him be and then talk to him about your weird cultish mentality yeah, after definitely. he's done seeking that pump. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's move into the, uh, the main topic, shall we? Uh, yes. It seems to be the topic that is just... Like everywhere, creeping time. Yeah, everyone's involved in this. Taylor Swift fans are involved. Oh, in it. don't even go there. I cannot wait to see what you've brought to me today okay. for this podcast because I am currently sitting here with absolutely right. no notes whatsoever. Don't so. worry about it. There's there's a lot of jump off points. Yes, yeah, so and I'm we be, know it all. We I'm all be know reacting tall. to your uh, yeah to your nuggets of truth. Going, <gasps> really? Oh my god! No way! <laughs> yes way. Um. So Sauvignon Blanc, and actually, I was a bit, I was a bit worried because um, uh, Fear Inoculum has been out for a couple of weeks now, and I thought it was already going stale. The, also, the I'm topic. slightly worried about this podcast because I know that their fans are absolutely ravenous. Yeah, the the enemas. Gonna... <laughs> Is that what they call them? No, that's what I call them. <laughs> <laughs> the enemas versus the Swifties. Yeah, they've exactly. probably been going at it on Twitter um, this week. So I'm yeah, they've really been terrified. beefing. Okay, so this week is where it's been drawn back into the like headline news again. Yeah. Uh, so this I feel week, I feel it's kind of died down slightly. It has like the fever pitch has died down, and now it's time to reflect. Yeah, one hundred percent. Which is where we come in. Yeah. Uh, so this week. Wow. Oh, she's outside. Oh, my God. It's a boy. Did you just misgender my cat? Uh, It's out (laughs) there. They want to go outside. (laughs) 
So this week, progressive psych funk alt metal sex pests tour <laughs> uh, debuted at the number one album spot on Billboard 200 with Fear Inoculum, which was their first in 13 years, mm. uh, 10,000 Days being their last full length. Uh, the band moved an impressive, very impressive, uh, 270,000 uh, in first week units. Is that digital and physical? That's that's straight sales. Okay. So basically that was almost entirely consumed by straight sales, which is steering clear of sort of the streams and the attached ticket on merchandise bundles. That is quite a common sales ploy. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing until recently. It made me think like, about it. Like every record that comes out now, you get some point. other perk yeah. with it. But obviously they're demanding uh, more money. Especially if it's digital as well, because yeah. there's no... It's intangible, than, yeah. isn't it? You don't like, I mean, I don't know whether, because obviously when you put thing, things up on Spotify, I mean, I've got records up on Spotify, but it's always done by the label. So I don't know whether they have to pay like a certain amount of money yeah. per record that they release, but then they get it back anyway in, in the form of royalties, which I've never seen. But. Yeah. Neither have I. That's a subject for another time. Neither have I, and I've always been. <laughs> I've always been asking you where my check is, actually, for my contributions. But whatever. Um, so the lofty sales towered over releases from chart mainstays such as Lana Del Rey with her latest Norman Fucking Rockwell is the name of her new record. Is it actually? Yeah, and Taylor Swift's Lover. Uh, which was left wheezing in second place with an admittedly pathetic 178,000 unit sales. Oh. Uh, credit where credit's due, yeah. Are you, are you into minter? Yeah. Are you sort of, do you like dip your toe into the pool of Taylor Swift's back catalogue? Not so much. It's only or do one you album. Do you bask in the sun of Taylor Swift? It's one album I absolutely bask in. Is it red? Uh, no. no. 1989. Yeah. Like, I I, I think that that record is a genuinely brilliant record. Like, like and, and this gets us onto another subject to do with uh, Maynard James Keenan, because I know that he recently had a spat with... Um, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, who is a fan of Tool, um, mm. supposedly. Yeah. But both, both Taylor Swift and Justin Bieber... They are actually really talented musicians. It's not yeah. like they're just put out yeah. there because they can hold a tune and they are like, a product. But there is there is some sort of like she was writing for, it. I think she was writing for like Sony Music for like yeah. other other musicians at like the age of yeah. fourteen or some crazy shit. Can't act or dance, but <sighs> she can fucking write a song. No, she can dress up like a cat though, can't she? Yeah, or rather just get like digitally pasted over a cat. It's fucking weird, yeah, isn't it? I do, is like, I do enjoy that. That is um, so weird. I do enjoy when Hollywood falls flat on its fucking it face, lasts, especially yeah. when it thinks that it's doing something incredibly profound. But at the expense of the consumer, though, because like I don't want to fucking see James Corden dressed as some kind of. I don't want to see James Corden. I don't want to see James Corden anyway. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, it did incite, as uh, you mentioned, Matt, uh, a bit a of a bit of a bit online of spat. Yeah, the Swifties were pissed. Yeah. They were super pissed. Um, it was, would you, they are... I wish someone would defend us in the same way that people <laughs> yeah, defended them. I know. So it was an online spat, assuredly, between opposing fan bases. But yeah. that's just assumed because, like, have we, as we have literally just addressed, 
people can enjoy Tool and enjoy a fair bit of Taylor Swift at the same time. It would look yeah. at me. Exactly. Um, all of whom are sort of retreading the haggard argument about rock versus the industry, rock versus pop, uh, rock, main, rock in the mainstream, uh, yeah. metal versus the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, and the funny thing is, the irony being is that Tool actively parody all of those arguments. Yeah. And they always have throughout their career. Well, they are, they are kind of known as this band that are very profound, almost to the point of, like, they are, they are parodying themselves. They're self-aware. Yeah, they're self-aware, but people are self, but people are aware that they're self-aware. Yeah. So it almost comes full circle, mm. a perfect circle, if you will. <laughs> and, um, a perfectly, and yeah. a perfectly average circle. circle. Yeah. Yeah. You know those memes where they're like, Mum, can we have progressive progressive psych rock? Well, we've got good progressive psych rock at home. That's a perfect circle. <laughs> like you want tall, but yeah. but yeah, like they are they are an interesting band. They are a band that are built on interesting concepts. At and intrigue. I, yeah, and right. I think that the whole point of this conversation is there's been so much that's happened in between now yeah. and in between their last record. Well, I think what, what we're looking at is, are they relevant? Like, is what they're doing yeah, relevant? Yeah, that's, that's the clickbait title yeah. of it, basically. Sub-subtitle, does anyone so care? So, before we get into that part of it, because there are I, the way I looked at it was there was two ways to assess tool within that sort of construct of relevance, because mm. it's something that they address, but again, it's something that they sort of parody, like clown a bit. But on the above, about tools, unit sales, and stuff like that, there's a couple of reasons as to why they have hit that number one spot. And they've even got every song, including the interludes, in Are the top ten. The, uh, and yeah. that's the first band that's ever been able to do that. Um, there is a couple of reasons, I think, why that has happened. Uh, number one, Tool's fan base are, by and large, not streamers. Um, well, that is part and parcel of the way that they conduct their business in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Though, they've it? only like, recently just gone on, got on Spotify. And even if they are streamers, they invest their money in physical copies. These are the, yeah. This is the fan base. Uh, so versus that sort of current generation's air of flippancy towards physical things. Their um, reasoning behind that, though, is, is the way in which you consume the music, which I think that we've actually already touched on anyway in a previous conversation when we were talking about listening to something that you, something that you can't flip between, say, like, if you're listening to something on your phone that's a digital file, obviously you can just move in between track and you can go to whichever. But it's a lot more difficult to drop a needle on a record yeah. in the exact place that you want it, unless you are DJ King of London, Tom Me. Watson. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but I I prefer, I pre, I've only actually just got my record player back and I was listening to a couple of records yesterday and I was like, isn't this great where you can just listen to <laughs> it from nice. beginning to end yeah. and you take in, and that is the way that they want their music to be yeah. absorbed. And it, yeah. And it's the concentration, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to concentrate on it. You've actively got to turn over the record to hear the other side. Yeah. There isn't any other distraction. You've got to want it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another point about the above, because mm. it, I think it, I'm trying to address why the Taylor Swift fans were so upset and why they shouldn't be upset. Yeah. Uh, is that Tool were, were being the operative word, Tool were the zeitgeist. Yeah. 
Uh, arguably derided by the band themselves, uh, Maynard especially vocalising his disregard for reputation or clout like chasing. Hero worship. Yeah. However, Tool were one of the most revered alternative progressive metal groups throughout 90s and the mm. 2000s. They, they were a household name. Uh, Charlie from Busted wore a Tool t-shirt at their Ipswich performance about 15 years ago. Were you there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and all Tool LPs have actually debuted at number one or two. Yeah. So again, this isn't... Well, even their debut. Uh, not the EP. No. I think it, it probably did work up the charts, though. I think they have all debuted at number one and number two, depending yeah. on what chart you're looking at. Uh, and finally... Don't correct us. Yeah. yeah please don't look <laughs> into that. Uh, finally, uh, Taylor Swift uh, has both the fan base and financial backing to generate a frenzy through sort of quite extensive publicity and marketing campaigns for anything she's involved in. Uh, especially a new record release. However, uh, Fear Inoculum, Inoculum uh, has been anticipated since 2012. So Taylor Swift has this like very quick turnaround. She mm. doesn't need a huge build-up. She can afford to saturate the the consumer's sort of like consumption. Yeah. Whereas Fear Inoculum, at least from 2012, has been an album in the making. So there's there's been this constant build-up. So that's another reason people have been excited for this, like almost for a decade. Yeah. So, yeah. That's um, all. I, that's all I was saying on uh, on the actual like why. Yeah. They've got to number one. I don't think we're going to really have enough time to kind of give a proper review of the record, but I assume you've listened to it. Oh, yeah, multiple times. Yeah. And what are your what are your feelings like? I seem to be the only person that really fucking hates the interludes. Okay. Uh, I seem to be the only person that doesn't get Tempest. Yeah, because that's the one that everyone's kind of pointing to People as the standout are going track. Absolutely nuts about Tempest, and I don't get it. My, the fact the fact that he once again goes, "Oh fuck, here we go again." I just can't <laughs> get over that. My fir- my first initial reaction to listening through the record is that it's quite a restrained album. Like, it's not something that's leaning on that. Because, I mean, they do jump between the weird kind of um, psychedelic-y kind of spacious sounds and then moving to something that's a bit more dense and heavier. Yeah. This whole record is is quite held back. It's it's more... It's not heavy, really, It's not heavy, it? no. It's... Uh, I think they were trying to concentrate... I think I read at some point uh, that they were they trying to concentrate on shortening shortening the songs because they yeah. was too long. Well, there's... Isn't there, like, two releases? There's, like, a CD release and then there's something that's been released online. There's a special and like, edition but, release. And they're already. the same songs, but they've just been broken up mm. shorter. Because I know that Tempest is, like... 15 minutes long yeah. or something. But then on some releases, you'll find that broken up into a number of tracks and they're like two minutes and something. Yeah. But I yeah. think, I think um, f- for me personally, there's more songs on that record that I don't... Like, the the, the whole payoff of it for, for the majority of songs doesn't quite hit it for me. Yeah. However, when, it, when there's parts that are good, yeah. they're fucking amazing. Yeah. And I do think... I do quite like Maynard's voice in it. Like some people are saying it's like that it's too clean. It? I, I was um, saying the opposite. Oh really? I was yeah, saying as I'm, opposed to 10,000 days. Yeah. No. I don't know. If you listen to something like Vicarious and then Tempest, 
Like I'd say the his even the even the parts where you would expect it to be cleaner, the the cleaner vocals are slightly more raspier than. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I didn't get that. Anyway, I think there's two ways to assess Tool within that the 13 years that they've been inactive or yeah. like working on this record. Um, there's the real time evolution of Tool as like a collective, but also as individuals, um, sort of metal as a whole, you could look at, uh, and how it's developed over the past few decades. Um, two of which Tool were instrumental in defining. Yeah. Um, but also the reality would involve looking at each band member's public contributions, like music or otherwise, like beyond Tool, which basically ties into their legacies. Mm. But the other way that you could look at this is also the more like conceptual significance of tool and the art that they make like is is through like content and symbolism and stuff like that so this this is more intangible like it's it's a subjective stance on the band's cultural footing through music and lyricism in reference to fear inoculum so they're the two things you can either look at them like what are they done as people or you could look at it like what why is it relevant? Why is Fear Inoculum relevant? What are they trying to say? Does it have any relevance to mm. 2019 and beyond or whatever? Um, so on the first one, like the reality, let's start with Maynard. Uh, so he's a respected vintner, somehow. Yeah. Have you watched the documentary? I've not, no. I've watched his um, Joe Rogan. Oh, God. Like, yeah. Which one? I mean... Two two bald motherfuckers trying to outsmart each other is not something that I want to listen to. It's fucking right. intolerable. Yeah, I can't. I, I really can't stand it. We can, um... <laughs> yeah, literally, <laughs> we would literally be that. We have mentioned in the past that Joe Rogan is our number one competitor. He is. We are slowly creeping up in numbers. We've yeah. hit that one thousand mark. He should be. Uh, should be watching his fucking back. But like, it's very easy for us to crap on Maynard. Because um, it's because it's easy. Like yeah. he's he's the he's the clown that we can sort of joke about. But the Pussifer uh, project has actually expanded into things where he's hiring a lot of people mm. in his hometown now to help him out with his endeavors. So he's obviously got his winery. He's got his wine. He has to like hire the merchants to sell the wine. He has to hire people to help harvest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's got the Pussifer like record store and barber shop. He's got like a food court and everything. Like it's, yeah. the guy is doing a lot for his community. community. Uh, Where does he live? I, do you know? What? I really, really can't remember the name <laughs> of it. I really can't remember the name of it. It's it's not Napa Valley. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, I can taste that it's not an Apple Valley <laughs> as well. Uh, so a Perfect Circle released their first record within 14 years. So one year actually longer than Tool, but mm. no one cares. Yeah, no one um, is uh, championing a bit for that one. So. Uh, Danny Carey released his short-lived and potentially short-sighted uh, freak-out jazz fusion project, Volto, mm. um, which I actually quite like. I am of course a fan. you do. Yeah. Um, and wh wh whenever you're looking up Adam Jones... Like everyone's like, oh, he's just gaming, but he's very—he's a quite a secretive individual. I'd say out of all of them, yeah. he's probably the most off the radar. Although he is—he is obviously an incredibly productive 
guy because I mean he's what 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 film projects has he worked on? He's worked on Jurassic Park. Yeah, Ghostbusters um, two. Yeah, he made one of the zombie heads on a spike, which was used in Ghostbusters two. Oh, that would have been when they were in the um. He worked on a lot of sequels. Predator 2. Yeah. Uh, Terminator 2. Yeah. Well, that was the best one, so... Dances with Balls. Oh, really? Yeah, the makeup. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. Okay. I desperately need to... Not not number one, but from number two onwards, I really want to rewatch all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. There was was someone else who worked on... Someone else from the metal sphere who worked on another um, Nightmare on Elm Street film, but I can't remember what it was. It wouldn't have been uh, anyone from Sun, would it? Probably. Probably. Literally, <laughs> probably. Um, but sort of going back to Maynard for a second, or not mm. sort of, definitely mm. going back to Maynard for a second, um, arguments have also been made that Maynard, a.k.a., James Herbert Keenan, uh, his contribution to the outfit is wholly void yeah. of any sort of creative significance. And that if by some implausible turn of events, the front man would part ways with Adam, Justin and Danny, uh, that would, that, you know, tool would still continue to thrive without him. Uh, so the reason being is that Maynard is the prototypical, like, reluctant performer. Mm. Um, sort of he cynically captains the group and helps to drive their publicity machine. Uh, he's that f- sort of, like, funny bone that when knocked sends the rest of the band to, a, like, a buzz of frustration. Mm. Like, and that is... That's a good analogy. Thank you. Uh, he's... I've also got... I've got more. <laughs> okay. he's, he's the sad-faced clown with a dick painted on his forehead. What, what did you write these? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, his contribution to a perfect circle and Persifer uh, and Tall, you know, he's like an he's like an antagonist, like Mike Patton in mm. a way, like someone that's very prolific, but you know, and they have a lot of personal like creative output. But Maynard, what do you think? Do you think if Tall were an instrumental band, would it work? No, okay. uh, no. I think, I think just his voice as an instrument itself is part of the large selling point of Tool. Um, but th- that being said, they're kind of they're. I don't know whether using the whether using virtuoso is really the correct thing because individually they're great, but when they're together they're better. Like they they thrive off the fact that they are a collection of musicians mm. that, I mean, you can see it from things like A Perfect Circle. I mean, A Perfect Circle are fine. Like, I'm not particularly enamoured by them in any way, but the fact that it's that particular collection of musicians that are creating this very idiosyncratic style of music, I think that that's, that's one of the other points, is the fact that a lot of other bands do try and copy them and they have such a particular sound yeah. that when they do, they almost when other people do try and invoke their their musical abilities, it's it's kind of 
it almost feels a bit sad and a bit yeah. embarrassing. I think, I think, in fact, given given the fact that they they they're prime, or at least when they started, was around the same time, it's kind of the same thing as like the problem with like Tarantino. Is when Tarantino came out, he had such a particular way of doing something that you started seeing so many copycats trying oh, to right. do like. I thought you were quick... saying they're not very me too. <laughs> the, uh, I reject. I reject your uh, hypothesis. But, um, but the uh, but yeah, like a lot of copycats come along, and it's almost embarrassing that yeah. because they have such a particular voice that I just don't think anyone can kind of reach the heights that they do when they all come together. Like, I think anyone yeah. can do a perfect circle ripoff, but I don't think anyone can do True. a Tool And rip-off. you can read it straight away. Like, if someone presented yeah. you with something that sounded like Tool, you'd instantly think, this just sounds like Tool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to play Devil's Advocate, though, because mm. whilst I do think his contribution is very significant to Tool, there's a couple of things I think... Keenan has to fucking stop doing. Okay. Number one is abusing his fans. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Justin Bieber. Like when you're paying $90 mm. to go to a tool show. Um, They're like the original trolls though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, but this is the thing. He is joking. Like he is definitely trying to just rile people up when he says that his fan base are insufferable people or if he calls them retards, which is what he has done. Yeah. Like, well, it was the 90s, wasn't it? It was a different it's, time. It's kind of, it, whilst it is, whilst he is joking, yeah. if you're that kid that's paying $90 to go see one of your favourite bands mm. or if you're that fucking uh, weak-willed 40-year-old that's going to see one of your favourite bands that you grew up with... Um, we're not far off now, Tom, so... Yeah, true. Watch your words. Yeah, the Swifties said 30 plus. Yeah. Who are these 30 plus dads? It's not us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not us yet, no. My, my semen is going every which way other than the right way. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, he's got to stop calling his fans retards. He's got to stop hanging out with that guy from the Food Network, Guy Ferrari, whatever Does he is. hang out with him? Yeah. I'm not aware of that. Yeah. Um, also, the thing that I think really does is a huge sticking point is that he finds the the creative process that the musicians are involved with so everyone everyone else in the band uh he finds it really tedious and really boring mm. he finds the whole writing process dull he doesn't want to be around where they're like working for hours on end on a polyrhythm mm. He just wants to be sent the music in a form where he can then just work out what he's going to do. Yeah. So he's not he's not in the recording studio with the rest of the band working stuff out with mm. them. He's just showing up, d- d- doing a little doing a little uh, like vocal inflection yeah. and talking about how okay. there's a light. Yeah, talking about Brilliant. how there's a light. Uh, in the middle of his arsehole or something yeah. like that. And uh, everyone should follow follow down that tunnel. Um, yeah, so he's not involved no. with it. And when he finds it really frustrating when... He says like, he's quite passive. I know that when he was talking about like how he writes lyrics, he doesn't write lyrics before 
like in in expectation of something he waits for the music to come first which i i mean could just be a process thing but yeah. it also feels slightly like he's taken a bit of a back seat and just went i'll kind of deal with that yeah get yeah it. as long as i can talk about the tunnel in my ass <laughs> that's all i care about. he's got that written into the contract <laughs> yeah uh, did anyone say enema? <laughs> uh, so, anyway, we there's a lot more that we could discuss, but I think the the, the second part, the intangible part, like mm. the more like what is the relevance of fear and oculum and what they're saying in the record, is still quite interesting. Have you? I think just the fact that they've done a new record, yeah. it kind of almost yeah makes itself relevant of course and who like who are we or who is anyone to say taylor swift fans or not (laughs) or tall fans whether something is relevant like it's popular because it's it's just a product it's something that people make you should not be looking at metal like where is it going like what is happening why have they got to number one obviously it's quite relevant to quite a lot of people yeah quite a lot of basement it doesn't fucking matter like it's happened it's happening yeah whether he's getting pissy with Bieber or not yeah is is nothing but have you heard about the connection with Tall and Jordan Peterson no but I assume like that's the thing is is that I I told one of my friends um that we were covering Tall next and his reaction was just like fuck them so I assume that they've been doing some they so they have quite a lot of opinions. They are quite vocal about... I mean, they, they went after Scientology before going after Scientology. Yeah. It was cool with... Um, what was the name of their weird religion that they fought up? Uh, uh, lac, lacralism or something. <laughs> which uh, was quite an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, I can imagine that they have some kind of connection to those quote-unquote progressive alt-right figures who think that they're doing something <coughs> like incredible like the yeah i mean tell me tell me what well okay so the thing is about tall throughout all of their career yeah. is that it's like maynard especially being like the the voice box of the band it's that like they're very apolitical like they'll say at one point they could sound like a trotskyist and then at another point they'll sound like fucking donald trump yeah it's it's kind of that whole antagonistic thing. Like they don't really talk about politics. They don't actually talk about religion, even yeah. though they address it. They, they they it's almost like they it's the whole third eye bollocks where it's mm. just like um, open your mind to other suggestions, which is kind of we what Jordan Peterson that and yeah, see what, it's what Jordan Peterson really does as well. So like the song forty six and two, which came out on. Anima. Um, it's all about, you know, shadows, shedding skin. I've been picking scabs again. Uh, it's based around the extended chromosome mm. of like when you get like 42 and 2 or something like that. And then it's like 44 and 2 and 46 and 2 is like the the further dimension of yeah. like consciousness and the self. Um, so this is a concept loosely based around the philosopher Carl Jung's uh, idea of sort of anima about collective unconsciousness of gender uh, and the animus being unconscious masculine side of a woman and the feminine side of a man. Uh, but it's both both aspects are completely unconscious to the human, the self in itself. Um, and then there's 
the unconscious aspect of one's personality. Conscious ego is unaware of itself. The unknown side is within the shadow, which is basically what Tor talk about in 46 and 2. So this is a Carl Jung um, concept and theory, but it's something that Jordan Peterson basically parrots throughout the whole of his work. Yeah. Uh, so is that Jordan has... Peterson now retrospectively claiming that? Like, I don't think he's claiming it. He talks about Jung a lot. In, yeah. Like the the minimum amount of stuff that I've watched, which is very very slight. Anything that's suggested on your uh, YouTube down by the, down on the it's right hand side. It's fucking annoying. It's so annoying. As soon as you look at one thing, I don't know who Jordan they Peterson. think I am. Um, but then it got me thinking. Yeah, like Jordan Peterson's like uh, a public antagonist of today. Yeah. So there is that sort of underpinning there uh, throughout Tool's career and what might make them more culturally or like philosophically relevant today but then you just you start thinking about everything about tool and about the politics of today even though they're an apolitical band that people like alan jones mm. like mass hysteria um sort of apolitical crises universally everywhere like it's nihilism versus populism like populism is on such a huge fucking uptake at the moment uh Versus like hard right propaganda and even even leftist propaganda, like Tool never talk directly about any of this stuff, mm. but indirectly they're sort of addressing all of okay. it yeah. at once. Uh, and I think that's what Fear Inoculum kind of does. Like it talks about relevance. It talks about aging. It talks about very much what talk, like it's all about a lot, which is like the third eye and expanding the minds and thinking all that sort of crud. <laughs> um, I think Numa itself is like a reference to inhalation and exhalation of the spirit. Mm. Uh, and it wants to explore human synergy, which is something that Maynard talks about a lot, how humans have lost their connection. And interestingly, that is now an idea that a lot of people talk about yeah. Well, I mean, it's ironic, isn't it, given the fact that we're so connected now, that we're we're so connected in a in a in a way that yeah. we project ourselves in a different way because we're able to edit what people see. So, yeah. like through social media, through your Instagram, you can come across as the most brilliant, interesting person, but really, mm. you're just sitting here doing a podcast. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then in um, Invincible. He actually, it's very self-aware song where he's like a warrior struggling to remain relevant, uh, which is something that Maynard, again, totally dismisses. So he's mm. addressing it. But if you actually, if anyone speaks to Maynard... It's a very like, insecure album, isn't it? <laughs> I don't really know. I think, it's, I think it's an album that is really taking the piss out of the sincerity of releasing an album 13 years after your last record yeah <laughs> which is quite funny like and that's it's like when you actually listen to the lyrics and you break it down the fact that he starts fucking tempest by going oh fuck here we go again <laughs> like it's <laughs> it, that is one exactly yeah very bitter but that is just one line away from going are you ready yeah or the uh ooh, ah, ah. yeah exactly <laughs> um but yeah i think in general, the record itself just stands on its own as mm. just another record. We shouldn't be like... It's slightly it. damning that it is just another record because it would have been nice to have said, this is 
really something really in, like in the canon of of tool but i do kind of feel that it is their weakest record but that said if this was if this had come out by another band you would have been like this is brilliant like this is this yeah. is absolutely amazing but given the history that the band has had in terms of their records this is probably mm. probably their weakest do you think that this should be their swan song no because i think that they could do better <laughs> I th- they don't owe it to anyone to do better, but I would like to hear one really stunning record to go out on. But, I mean, at this point, they're going to be fucking 85 70? by the time yeah. they get the next one out. So Yeah. Who knows? I don't. <laughs> we don't know. No one knows. Yeah. I, I have listened know. to it a few times, though. It, do- it is a grower, but yeah. the interludes are... I don't know why people are enjoying these interludes so much, um, and I think a couple of the couple of the tracks are good. Yeah. But in general, I agree with you. Mm. I didn't want to agree with you because I, by agreeing with you, I vicariously are now agreeing with uh, Anthony Fantano of the. New oh yeah, York. he wasn't a fan, was he? No. Yeah, uh, I did. Re- I did watch his review, and um, I did see the like to dislike ratio was. Um Swinging in the favour yeah. of the latter. But. Well, it's Swifties versus... Um, I wonder what you gave Red. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I know you love Fantano, but I just... I No, it's a bit like... Actually, it's not like Mark mode. Because I, for the most part, I'd say 70 or 80% of the time I'd agree with Mark mode. Yeah. 50%, 40% of the time I agree with Anthony Fantano. Yeah. Um, but I'll still watch it. Everything seems incredibly. Um, everything seems incredibly thought out. Like whenever he does like a pop review, he has to be wearing a Napalm Death T-shirt in it just to remind everyone. Oh yeah, that and the records like, in the yeah, background and stuff it's like that. Just a bit cringy. Yeah. yeah, you won't see any of that here. No, you won't see anything here. <laughs> no. And on that note, I think um, we should probably nip this one in. Yeah. So this was just to kind of touch on. I mean, it's a relevant. It is a relevant topic about relevance. So yeah. I think it was I think it was relevance? good to kind of talk I mean, everyone's talked about this record at tedium. So there wasn't any need for us to do a real in-depth dive on like <laughs> Do this. We just felt like we had to do another yeah. podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> just to keep up appearances. So I'll see you in like five weeks then. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> but um but yeah, so where can everyone find us, Tom? Uh, I can't remember. They can <laughs> it's actually been find, a long time find since us we've done on it. Yeah, X and Ferris podcast. Uh, on Instagram, uh, X and Ferris, a heavy metal podcast. Sorry, uh, X and Ferris, X and a he- Ferris, a heavy metal podcast on SoundCloud, Facebook, on iTunes, SoundCloud, iTunes, still X not and Ferris podcast on Facebook. Yeah, X and Ferris pod, yeah, X and Ferris pod at Twitter. Oh yeah, X, X and Ferris podcast on Instagram. Oh, is um, it? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, X and Ferris podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's if anyone wants to complain. Yeah. That's our complaints department. Go, we, we, we've got a uh, out of office. Yeah. <laughs> Just constantly. <laughs> um, it's yeah. mainly me complaining. And uh, yeah, I think that's everything. I think it? that's We're it. not on Spotify yet. I've finally got a Spotify account. Nice. Um, it's good. The algorithm is that, shit on. Is that because you, you're just I've, in line at all? Now that Taller on Spotify. Now that Taller on it, yeah. But no, well, I've got a family account with my partner. So, yeah. um, but I used to use iTunes Music. And by that, I mean I used to sign up with a different email address every month to get that one month free. Yeah. But 
the the iTunes the iTunes, no sorry Spotify the, the Spotify one their algorithm shit for me uh, like, you've got to work on it you've really yeah. got to work on it because yeah. you have to like use just it every day every minute of every day to get something that is sort of in line with what you like yeah. but these tastemakers they're getting <laughs> paid to dictate to us what, what we, we want to fucking listen to if do I want do I look like I want to listen to Moonspell <laughs> but yeah so we'll we'll eventually be on there at some point yeah we've got to figure that out first very quickly before i go okay. if anyone hasn't listened to crypt sermon's new record yet you gotta listen to it yeah we will we will do a um choice cuts choice cuts at some point and we'll bring you up to speed on everything such as um i don't know brutality will prepare <laughs> <laughs> <Get out. laughs>